Okay, everybody, welcome to our ninth episode of Star Chat. This is your host, David Wallace. We are lucky to be joined this evening by our wonderful guest and dear friend, Vivian Chauvet. Uh, Lowell Johnson is hosting our program, and we have a few people that have popped in to listen. I know Robin's here tonight, and maybe we'll have Nathan later. Uh, Vivian, such a, a treat to see you and to have you on Star Chat. And of course, Star Chat is originally created by the Taurus Ambassadors and the Galactic Council of Scientists in order that I translate information currently to make scientific information simple for folks to understand and to report on the workings of things like Space Force and NASA occasionally. So I do bring things up about global pollution threats and belligerence from governments, but it's not just about that. It's also about communing with tribe and also getting to let people know about the message of hope that comes from above. Lowell, would you like to say hi to Vivian and, and just, yeah, just it's been uh, a while since absolutely. you guys have been together? It has been. The last time I saw Vivian face-to-face, -face, the three of us were having dinner at your Airbnb at the Shasta Conference. That was a great night because we had really had a chance to get to know one another outside of the conference. So I don't want to spend a lot of time. I want to really hear Vivian, but I'm excited because there are more people that are showing up for the tribe that don't know the nature of beings like Vivian. So all the people and the connections we've been talking about, here's a wonderful example. And so I'm glad she's here tonight to kind of just take us through and educate people that don't really understand that so that we can get them ready for the next level. Thank you, Lowell. That's uh, wonderful. Um, Vivian, I, I've known you for a few years now, and we made uh, contact and friends, of course, at Bob Potter's gig up in Shasta a couple of years back. We uh, uh, hit it off immediately because, you know, we're both direct contactee. You are actually uh, what I would consider a soul hybrid and that your soul is of ancient origin uh, and that you are Arcturan and that you are working the wisdom and the healing practices of the Arcturans here on earth. You are truly an ambassador for Arcturus. And many of the times when I have an opportunity to discuss my physical contact off world, everything was so impactful and I haven't forgot one second of every moment of that journey that I took with them and my training and my healing and my being returned to earth. But the one thing that stood out the most was when Kim Jim removed a small blue glowing light from his chest and he put it into my chest and I felt it fill my entire body. And he said that this was a gift that would allow me to be able to feel very deeply and very, very immediately when I am in presence with other people who have had direct contact with species off world. And so when I met you, I felt that very powerful pulse of, of bright blue turquoise light that Kim Jim had put inside my heart. And this really has helped me with many other meetings because I've, I've met other individuals that said that they've had contact, but they didn't have this light, which all of us receive. And for many of us, it's a different form of light. But Vivian, I would just love to start the rest of this. Enough about me and everyone else who's come to listen. I would like you to talk a little bit about what your mission is, how you consider yourself amongst all of us humans, 
and also what the gift is that you share with us. I know that those are three very simple things that you can answer in about five minutes. Absolutely. Well, welcome. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, Laurel, as well, for having me here today. Always a joy to be in your presence and your delegations, of course. Um, definitely. So you introduced me very well. Love both of you, what you said and share. I am definitely what I call an octurne being. So a soul emanation of my being, meaning of my octurne avatar self, has chosen to come and embody a very specific conduit. So my physical form was engineered and constructed by the advanced organic and conscious consciousness technology of the Arcturians in collaboration with a very specific lineage that we have chosen. Well, my grandmother was part of it. My mom obviously is part of it. And of course, others on the ancestral lineage. It's been a long time processing very specifically stabilized aspect of the genetic earth human line to incorporate into a holographic matrix. And that matrix came into a, a biosystem cap capable of holding all the organs and the consciousness of my, my soul and all the system that I needed to be able to be successful on the planet. So it was a very, very careful uh, choice. And it took a long time for us to perfect that. And once we were ready, we reevaluate the timeline of the planet, meaning we look at the Earth potential. So we look at different versions of the Earth and different timelines, and we can see which one has the most or the highest probability to achieve the reascension. And at some point, it was decided that through a very specific generational timeline that I was reinserted onto the planet. I do say reinserted because technically my body was born not on the planet, but on my Octarian fathership. And they showed it to me. They they wanted me many, many years ago. They said, you need to understand how you came about. And they brought me back consciously on, on, on the ship. And then I saw my father. I saw my human dad. And I saw my, my mom, my human mom. And then there was a board like well, all numbers, like filled with numbers and coordinates and all kinds of symbols. And I said, what am I looking at? They said, we have recorded in microseconds when your return to the planet was due. So it is recorded both in, both in the linear field of the planet, meaning there's a conscious imprint of my return as much as it is imprinted uh, holographically in the field on the ship. So they were showing me all of this, and I was very conscious of everything. And then they said, the day of your birth, or the day of your body came about, and then you you came into the body. This is where we, we brought in a series of imprinted memories that allows the earth feel to know that there's a record of you coming in. So if you look this way, it was a perfect way to reintroduce one of their own directly, like incognito behind the scene. So if you look from a 3D archive perspective, there's a trace from a hospital, an address, a city, a country, and imprint in time. It wow. was done this way. It needs to be this way, because otherwise we were we will have alerted the dark light polarity and that was to find a purpose. So I came back this way and I chose to go back to the ABCs. What does it mean? It means that I chose to go back in school, 
learn what it feel like to be a child in this human form, go to school, grow up, evaluate, learn. So all of this learning, I'm transmitting all these data back to the ship. And then of course the console, and then they, they share that with other console that helps to understand where was the human evolution on how the planet was shifting, where's the timeline moving into. So, so my presence on the planet has a multi-faceted purposes. Well, I must say in very simple term that I am here for the future timeline of the earth, which means that we're almost at that point, we're about to enter that point of the convergence of the timeline as we've seen it for eons. And we're finally coming into that point starting in 2023 and I would say the, the next three years, 24, 25, 26 are extremely crucial. And this is where the other level of my work will really begin. But for now, for the last decade and more, 11 years now from a public perspective, I have been very active and a required of me to do more, a lot of healing work. So I've been working behind the scenes a lot, working with people from all over the planet on a global scale to help to heal and reactivate many starseed ambassador point of contact, even the human body, the human race. I mean, and I've been doing that a lot. And I have done over at least 22,000 private healing session. Uh, that's in addition to the other task and the other work that I do on and off planet, because I'm super active off planet as well. Yes, so. yes you are. It's, um, I, I just want to, just want to say a couple of things that uh, I recognized right away. And one of them was at the very beginning when the, the bio signature and the bio information from your personal Akashic record, from your Arcturan soul, and that technology to meld the soul into the human. I understand what you said, and I understand that whole process. And you, you absolutely described it perfectly, by the way. That's why, you know, some of us get turned into earth scientists so that we can reflect back on that ability that is awakened within us to see that science. And very interestingly, when you mentioned the construction with the bio and the light, uh, I was thinking about what they downloaded to me about five weeks or seven weeks ago, which was storing our genetic record into these beautifully optically polished crystal cylinders and they imprint them like a spiral helix with a light and it stores our genetic pattern mathematically and optically perfectly and that crystal cylinder storage system lasts for eternity and so we can be replicated they can take any of the genes or any of the dna from any species store it this way and in the future put that in so that the light code can be read and then that gets programmed into a biological functioning uh growing matrix so mm -hmm. they can reproduce life by storing our genetics within crystals so the type of technology discussed is no different than what they what they have been describing to me about this type of technology the and second Oh, yeah, no, I, you're bang on with the science because it is a science and a conscience of the soul. It is a science of the soul that far exceeds any of what human beings think is superior science. 
this type of science is ancient, ancient science that they understand. It's almost like when the science occurs to create your ability to live with us, because that's what it is, is that they gave your soul the ability to communicate a direct link to the Arcturian uh, uh, thought process and their lives. And you are an expression of this. So, and then the other thing that you said was that um, you were, oh, I'm going to let it go because it slipped my mind, but that science part of the beginning was just tremendous. So go ahead, because I, I know you probably know what I'm talking about, but the you got that, you got that so perfectly. Oh, David, thank you so much for firstly coming from you. Definitely, my mission is very different from yours, which I honor. Uh, I'm not here as a scientist, um, even though, oh. no, and I love to be able to have this articulation to bring in exactly what we are attempting to convey in in a simple way, and yet to represent what it feels and what it is like. When you talk about the recreation of the DNA and the genome, so it can be reproduced somewhere else, the difference with me is the way mine is encoded it is done in a way that it cannot be reproduced. And there's a, there's reasons for that. Number one, we want to prevent the dark light polarity who has been after my DNA for, since I set foot on the planet. Uh, many ways, in many, in many shape and form, they've been attempting to extract DNA from me. Now you may say, well, don't you just get a haircut or go to the dentist and they can get that from your hair or your saliva. That's the trick. Even if they get that, and I know they got over the years, it's obsolete. It will not give you anything. Yes. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's proof about the way. Okay, so this is the thing about human beings. We were we were adjusted. And I've been discussing about this sort of a specific evolutionary adjustments, but our species is different than yours. When I was mm -hmm. talking about the crystal reproduction and the storage system, this is about the species of this world. And so they can all be stored in permanent so that we never lose precious animals. We never lose precious uh, developments within humanity's own expression of love and evolution because they can be stored. But see, our species is designed that way. So yes, there's always a threat of inhabitants from somebody that we don't want within us. We are like that. We can be reproduced, but obviously the age and the great, the great evolutionary process that our turns have gone through have made that so that you are a complete individual of the rest of everyone in the universe. Absolutely makes sense. Well, well and thank you, David. One thing you have learned from me is that I am still um, humble by nature. Um, this is why I chose to walk the walk and understand the walk this way. It gives me a greater foundation to connect to the human template on the emotional level and on the compassionate level which is very important. And I would say on that level, that compassion is really a bridge of translation. It's almost like a bridge that allows these beautiful intergalactic interstellar cosmic intelligence to really relate more to what it is like to be in a earth human template body or experiencing from the center of emotions with morality codes so socially and all of it. And that's something that even my group is rediscovering through my experience a lot. That has been a, a huge pivotal key, I would say, in how we support the evolution 
or the re-evolutionary process of this planet was that compassionate key. Because to me, they can, yes, thank you, Lowell. They can understand that even though there's many great minds and advanced beings who have returned right now through a multitude of generational timelines, once you're here in physical human form, it's a whole different ballgame. When you are here and then you see the interaction with each other, whether it's on a sociologic level, psychological level, the complexity of the structure, um, the tribal energies and the community, and even connecting with other life form like 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 the animal kingdom. I mean, take care of your animals. Stop thinking that it's just meat to eat in your mouth and toys to dispose of. You are going in completely opposite of one of the more fundamental principle of creation, which is reverence for all life. Right. So, this is our absolute underlying theme that I also received from my family in Taurus, that every life is sacred. There is not one tree, stone, pool of water, or star in the sky without a soul. Every piece of creation has a soul. And it's just a, a type of soul that is on a different level that you can sometimes conceive of. But everything in our reality that is created by Gaia or Source is an absolute pure form of itself. And this is why animals are so, so important for humans to emulate, because they are completely without sin. They cast no stones and yet have a perfect relationship with the Mother Earth. This is why we should never emulate each other, emulate Mother Earth emulate the animals because they are our brothers and sisters and this is such a powerful message that they are our brothers and sisters not not something to be turned into a handbag no no our hamburger Ugh. oh my I'm god sorry you no know, i understand no yeah bless your heart thank you and no, thank you it really is it and this is also part for us what we talk about a teaching of returning to living by the essentials and it's helping also the human race to unwind more and more and more from the disconnect from the, the very essential point of mastery of your being and the heart center. This is more than a cliche is to understand that that's the jewel, that's the center of all. Exactly. I mean, I look at your own experience, David. If you were just primarily retracted into the logic 3D logic mind in that sense, even though you have a background as a mathematician or a scientist, and I work with other scientists around the world who comes to me to help them to evolve, none of it would be possible because they knew that you will have to go through the threshold of the barriers of the retracted field of the limited 3D logic mind in order for you to reopen and understand the full spectrum on what is this experience is about as opposed to going around and going omg i got abducted look look let's what look what happened to me no that's an interpretation of something extremely more powerful cosmic universal agreed upon it's a recognition of soul recognizing other form of soul intelligence so that heart center everyone is primordial it's essential it's it's divine. And so going back to that place allow you to open up other field of higher vibrational perception. And this is why you start to activate what we call your multidimensional sensory points. And what does it mean? 
it means that you're transcending the limitation of your 3D physical template, what you feel, you feel, what you touch, you touch, what you see, you see. But this is just corresponding to the filters, to those centers that taught you. So we're moving out. I know I see you laughing right now. Well, you know, it's just so true. And and okay, so one of the things I'm careful not to do is to assume that I'm doing the best job I can when I'm explaining something. Vivian, you are so clear. You have such beautiful clarity. I just wanted to say thank you for that gift of information, of confirmation of heart healing energy and our ability to walk away from this dimension and let it go because this is not an extrapolation of the divine. This dimension is one of the many, many facets of different realities. And so my mind, when I was healed by Kim Jim and my forehead was touched and he put his hand on the back of my head, it was almost like the top of my head opened like a lotus flower. And I had this cosmic consciousness of all the divinity of all the wonderful things going on. My whole head opened up and it stripped away everything I thought was real in that one moment. And it just was so mind blowing. And I guess they had to do it to me that way instead of a, a slower learning process. Cause I know a lot of us have the luxury of a slower learning process. And the other thing that I forgot earlier that I was going to say when I had my, uh, my, my mental moment was that you are doing what we all discussed two years ago. Listen, everybody, all of the ambassadors, including Lowell, including Robin Rice, probably Andrea, probably Nathan, but everybody that we know that are legitimate have all received the message to go out and travel amongst the people, to go out and take the message of hope, take the message of, of divine compassion and opening our souls up to the divine gifts of the universe, which are available to us every moment of reality. And so Vivian, you have been doing that job. And Lowell is my other friend. He's been traveling all over California into Arizona now talking about the same thing of hope and new realizations. But Vivian, you've really been out there. Not only have you healed or helped to heal 22,000 souls, you just got back from a big trip to Egypt and then a, a little bit of time after that in the Mediterranean, didn't you? Yes, that's a really good point, David. Uh, this year, 2023 for us has been more boots on the ground where my group literally uh, brought me through different opportunities and different network, really to different specific sites around the globe. I mean, in one year, not only we start working with the Lemurian master in Maui, which is was pivotal to reconcile already an aspect of what we're going to do many months later in Greece. But we started in Maui with the Lemurian master there. And then we went to Costa Rica, which was a huge dismantle of a very heavy network in South America there. And I can tell you, we got so many pushback because what we were doing was just going against the grain and yet it's called the blue zone and it's beautiful in its own way and i honor that but the work has been there it's been like we were like pushing against the grain and then i can feel like it was like a, a pushback with the dark, dark life polarity i can feel that it was like a dance almost between the yin and the yin so that was a huge point right there in costa rica then we went to um the uk we went to clastonbury and we went inside of Stone Edge at sunrise. 
we were granted permission by the English societal uh, historical society, I mean, and my group and I went inside. And one of the things right away that I felt is why I was going back to see old friends. And once I entered the site, so you have to think about it's 530 in the morning. Oh, We're cool. entering inside of Stonehenge. Upon entry, the guardian says, little hybrid, what took you so long? <laughs> I bet you felt I bet you felt that feeling of homesick, right? That homesickness and remembering all the love. Did hmm. you feel that? Incredible. I mean, to the point, and I'm going to skip a few things, but to the point that when we were time to leave, because they watch you as a guard, more than one, there's two of them that circle the site and watch everything that you do. And then so everything, but I blessed them because we were still there and thanks to them, we were there. So I was grateful. But once we left, I was weeping. I didn't want to leave such old friends behind. Uh -huh. I haven't seen in such a long time. I was weeping, like walking in my head was going back. Like, I cannot leave you again. And they said, you're not. But it was that feeling, and I can tell that the message that the guardian at Stone Edge gave me is very similar of messages I received during a different site in Egypt. And you may say, what is the connection between Stone Edge and Egypt? Well, everything is connected. There's a there's a direct ley line that goes straight from Stonehenge to Cheops. There's a direct line that goes right to that point. It's a cardinal point of the major planetary ley lines which protect the Earth. Exactly. So there was no coincidence that within a one the same year we went to both. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I mean that was huge. So going back a moment to Stone Edge is one of the things the guardians told me. They said many thousands of people and entities come to our site, but they perceive us as rock and monument. But we are guardians. We've been here for thousands of years. And I said, I know. They're, they're awakening. We're going to that place, you know. And their request, you know what request they, they ask of us? I mean, myself and my actoring group, they said, can you please replenish us? We're depleted. Because people, most people, not everyone, but a lot of people come there, take, 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 take from the sides and leave. Yeah, yeah this is heartbreaking. This yeah. is heartbreaking. And this is like, okay, so you also understand now why there's two guards from the Heritage Society, because oftentimes people want to take a little piece of rock or they want to do something that is anti-protecting the site. And it's sad that there has to be guards, but there are dangerous people or people who think they're doing the right thing and they're doing the wrong thing. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting conundrum. It, it really is. So what we did is that I stood, there was two of them, like two Menir standing and in between, there was a dimensional door doorway. So they said, stand in the doorway. I stood there. I look up. And I said, I call upon one of our, my Octrain father, a planetary ship. And I say, I ask through many intergalactic or uh, interplanetary councils to come and replenish the site, to help the guardians who've been put in place for thousands of years, replenishing the grid system, the ley lines, to rejuvenate even on the planetary level. It really is. That's what we've done. That's exactly what I was there for. And then we did a meditation as a group. 
the meditation was to uplift the site, was to commune in oneness with the site. So by the time we left, the site was re-energized in a whole right. different level. And right. leaving was leaving really good friend that I want to be with longer. Let me be with my friends. So I felt that in my heart. It was just really incredible. That is so beautiful and it's so touching because it was really awful when, uh, for me, two years went by and Kim Jim finally came back to say hello. And it broke my heart because he had to leave after about 20 minutes of a visit. And you missed them so badly. Oh. People don't understand. People don't understand. So it's so wonderful that you were able to heal the stones and heal the grass and heal the mound at the henge because you're returning the celestial ancient wisdom and the ancient energy of love and healing and helping to realign the the ley lines so that they know that they are being energized and that the spirits of the ancient ones are supporting the earth. And yeah. when you have that incredible connection with the, the, the magnetic ley lines and the geomancing ley lines, the ones that keep the pyramids and the temples that are sending all that energy off into outer space. They are like ancient beacons, which will take harmonics from Gaia and send those messages to the species which built those temples. You know, I was just saying this the other night, the Aztecs, Olmecs, and Mayans, they didn't build those temples. That was a different species. Look at Pumapuku. You think that was built by Aztecs too? That was a different species. You look at, at Cheops. This is not built by Egyptians. That's a different species. And when they left, they left the earth in unity with the universe. And we were the caretakers, but we corrupted ourselves some many thousands of years after the gods left and, and the ancient ones. But they put us all here to inherit this garden earth. So the work you're doing is so beautiful. And I feel the energy coming off of you, even though we're using this electronic device. I feel that beautiful, beautiful, solid foundation work, which you're doing so that you can help Gaia communicate with the sky because it really helps right now for that information about Gaia to get out to our friends who love us. Oh, above and beyond, David, above and beyond. And in fact, on that level, in terms of restoring communication, that even started, at least for us, even last year when we were in South Africa during the trip to Durban, and we went outside of Durban and traveling to the Zulu nation, and then we went on a safari to honor the animal kingdom. At some point through the Indian Ocean, and I know I talked about this before, but I think it's going to bring another perspective to this experience. When I came across this interdimensional aquatic race that's been coexisting in the ocean with Gaia for a very long time, but they are only in a certain part of the ocean and it has to be around the Indian Ocean. They came out, one of their delegates came, a very tall aquatic being, humanoid, two legs coming straight to me, tells oh. me point blank, telepathically, I'm not interested in the human aspect of your journey. I'm here because you're an Octarian. And goes right behind me and touch with three fingers, three points, right, three points, very specifically on the left side, the left lobe of my brain. Yep. And I'm like, uh, father, I'm okay. like, hello, what's going on? 
And so my father came on my right side. He says, allow it. Your Great. body is designed for this. Your conduit is designed for this. So I said, okay. And then what the message was, just to make your point, David, is at that moment, which is already more than a year and a half ago, going on two years, is an ancient transmission was finally restored after being disrupted for so long. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, oh my mean, God. It, it was incredible. I could physically feel the being holding three points yeah. on the left side of my brain. And he tell me, it's trade, it's business. You, you come, I know who you are. I see you're, you're built that way. I'm not here to talk about your human experience, no interest in that. I come because of who you are. And then I have this being on one side, I got my trend father coaching me on the other. And then I said, I stood there. I was sitting, looking out to the ocean. I have my eyes open, soft gaze, and I went into this gentle, transcendental, transcendental space. And I allow, and I said, on behalf of who I am, may the transmission be restored. And then I saw this beam coming etherically, directly from the depth of the ocean, so to speak, from the core of the planet, come out of planet and said, that single, you have no idea how far it's going to go. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Yeah, this is what they do. They make this. Okay, so they have to touch our brain. They have to reach in and touch you. I've been touched this way several times. And each time within a period of, you know, uh, a week to maybe three months, six months, when they make that connection, it gives you clarity and it allows you to see things of every nature. And allows you to not react to the things that are not within your highest nature. But it protects you. Because the more that you see as a seer, the more that you feel as a conduit, the more protection you need to be given so that you do not succumb to some of the sadness. And we know that these things exist, but we see them as diminishing. We know that it is a beautiful, positive place that we're moving to. And that all the sad attempts from the dark forces, I see them. I know they exist, but they do not affect me. They do not affect our reality. And I see them disappearing into the zeroth point of a giant black hole gone forever. And that the universe will always be full of love and light. And all we have to do really is to ask for this connection. And you've taught us so much. Because truly, even though we, you and I are friends, you know, I've been watching you since I met you, and there's been so many aspects of your teachings that you openly share. And this is the other part of your sort of position within my life as an ambassador, because, you know, I had that stumbling block where I had to make the decision to come forward and say, okay, it's all true, and this is what they've asked me to tell you. And so because I had a lot of friends that were at SpaceX and I had a lot of friends at NASA and, you know, we get together every once in a while and smoke pot and talk about higher mathematics. It's no big deal. But the thing is, is that they came down and when they fixed me emotionally and healed me, they touched me. And that touch does a couple of things. There's a, there's a very small exchange of genetic material also, because when that species touches you, he will give you a gift of his wisdom or her wisdom as well. But it's such a beautiful thing for you to have that experience 
because you know there are mermaids and mermen and and all these beautiful species that we know nothing about that live within Gaia. I mean, we we don't need evidence. It's there. We're you know, <laughs> but they, uh, they are beautiful. Oh my God! So, can you talk a little bit about uh, your travels to Egypt and yes. how you then took the wisdom of Stonehenge? And took this to, I believe, the Sphinx. Did you not get an opportunity to sit between its paws in, in contemplation? 100%, David. Coming back from Stone Edge, that became another trigger point. So the team came, meaning my delegation came. And then they opened an holographic field and they project. You know, they will project imagery or secret geometric energetic patterns or languages communications and it kept showing me this thing so I saw so we went in the future timeline for Egypt going into the Sphinx I saw the paw and they said you must enter the Sphinx this way and they show me how you must sit on the left hand side of the paws and you're going to touch the, the wall behind you you have to make contact also, oh. make sure your hand goes deep into the sand, connect. Oh, and my then, God. yeah, that's what they said. And then they showed it to me for three months in a row, I was being shown that. So, the essential part of going to the Stargate, to, to the Stargate, to go to Egypt with the Stargate group was for me too, for the Egypt part, uh, the, the Sphinx. And what took place at the Sphinx was phenomenal because, again, because of genetically how my physical conduit, even the way my brain is wired or my chakra system, I have some additional configuration, if you would. And uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, well, they have to, they, they have to do it. Otherwise, you know, it's like if they didn't do what they did to you to make you able to live as Vivian, but also have an Arcturan soul, if they didn't make those bio adjustments, you would just freak out. The human brain doesn't work that way. They have to do these gifts and this, everything from touching to uploading and downloading. And oh my God, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting and laughing. It's just, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's so familiar. I love it. I knew you would. That's why, I, that's why my team allow, we're allowing ourselves to speak that way because we know. So it's so much more fluid. It's really wonderful to be able to, let yeah. everything flow more naturally. Oh yeah, um, you know, you're, you're you're not preaching to the converted because you're one of my teachers, but you know we're we're right there with you. And I know Lowell is is feeling this too. He must be having kittens right about now. Of course, so naturally, and we know we are in your presence. We recognize that. So <laughs> the Sphinx was the essential part of me being there, and the other component was a reconciliation between the 3D reality as it has evolved, I must say that word that way, versus the encoding the knowledge of the secret site and what they represent. I'm gonna go back to the Sphinx in a moment, but allow me something important. And I know both, of course, you too, Laurel, but David is going to touch you particularly, I know that many, of the masters or the guardians of many sites have asked me the same question. What happened here? How come 
life has devolved and degenerated to that point, they were shocked. Many have asked me the question, and I said, why do you think her boots on the ground? We took extraordinary measure for an extraordinary point in time of a planet to finally return into a celestial form and a reascending form. Remember, we are reascending. Right. You don't need that. I don't need to do that. I've already gone through that. When I go back to being an Octarian, I'm already an ascendant being. There's nothing fancy about that. It's just a statement. So I'm looking at the city. Carol, for one thing, extremely heavy. Luxor was a little bit better because it's agriculture. There's more water energy, more green, which elevate even the oxygen level in the air. Abydos is horrible. I mean, it's been cut off and it's on its own. Remind me of Mad Max movies. Yeah. Literally. And I feel for the life, all life evolving there. And so each time we're moving from one side to the other, I'm entering a sacred site. The masters, the guardians, the portals, the walls start to talk to me. I'm having all of these revelations. And you turn around, you go back, you leave these sites, and you retract back into such a ball of polarization. And the masters goes, we left in a blink of an eye, and then you come back to reconnect with us. And we look about the discrepancy of life around what happened. And... And I never had a desire to go to Egypt. It was just my choice. I told the team, I said, physically, that's going to be way, I won't be able to pull it off physically to begin with. They said, you'll see, the time will come, but we'll be there. And while I did pull it off, and this, I have been getting a lot of help. But once we get there, and then I saw life. I mean, children wants to sell me Kleenex and pregnant woman or hoping I'm going to give them a dollar. If I give them a three, they can me blowing me kisses. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're more than that. You forgot. Yeah. And then these palace, you know, best are kept for tourists. And then these, you know, government and official and, you know, all these official people have the best garden and, and guarded buildings for the rest of the town is in rooms. And I'm like, this just has to stop. This just has to really be completely clear. And, and, and it does need a point of reconciliation deeply. And I knew that at that level, that beyond what happened at the Sphinx, I was there to generate or already initiate that reconciliation of broken timeline with an attempt to realign the timeline so they can eventually be able to shift in another direction. And I know that we made a lot of waves when we were there. I know that because I've seen a lot of beings coming to me at night and some were very dark beings or there were beings of the light. Others were in between and we saw all kind of form and shape. And they were telling me, hey, you're coming on my territory. You're changing the dynamic. I said, yes, get used to it. You, must have, you, must, have great, you must have sensed very greatly the disparaging difference between the masculine appearance and the lack of divine feminine. And you see how that whole region has diminished the divine feminine. 
and it was run by many despots uh, and overrun by many despots who lied. I worked for years trying to get Zahi Hawass investigated and the rest of the terrible people that ran Egypt that were stealing things, finding the scrolls, the Alexandrian scrolls that were buried beneath the Sphinx and hiding them. There has been all kinds of terrible things that were going on in Egypt and he's just the beginning. I mean, that guy, he, he comes across as, you know, he was Egypt's premier director of antiquities. So you could have gone to Cairo and said, you know, uh, what, you know, take me to the Egyptian uh, Museum of Antiquity. And then there would be a big thing of, about Zahi and how he's, you know, rediscovered Egypt's antiquity and how everything was made by the Egyptians. Well, I tell you what, he had all kinds of wonderful women who he had working in the background, who deserved to be put into that position many more times over than Zahi. And he was very arrogant. And I'm sorry to say, I'm, this is not an attack about that. But so Egypt's been through some very terrible things. And part of the loss was the divine feminine being removed and the powerful earth-bound masculine being enforced. And so this is a huge problem with balance you must have noticed that in in fact uh indeed david and i can tell how much even the divine masculine energy is completely distorted it's no longer aligned with the universal father oh it's completely the distortion of corruption power oppression i mean i'm gonna make i'm gonna give an example because there's a sense of humor a little bit of humor behind it um at one point to the tour we left cairo and we were hundreds of us so imagine 100 people traveling together plus you know the organizers and peter and myself so we're arrived all in the group at the airport going through security was one thing but then what happened is that once you get all of this done and you get your ticket from the airline counter you wait but instead of just going to the airline to wait for your flight and show your boarding pack scan and enter the plane you have another series of security, you have to go through another, you know, the little x-ray doors and, you know, all of the null line yard. But here's my point. They have two lines, one for men and one for women. And so hundreds of us arrive in a big package early to catch the plane to Luxor. And I would say more than 95% are women. So at first the men, there was a handful, including my husband, went to the line for men, and there were two men doing security. And then the women line got so big, they went like, oh, fudge that, fudge like eating fudge. Sure. I'm going to go to the <laughs> to the other lines. And we flooded both lines with all women. The men in their face, they were like, like robot overload, overload, not knowing what to do, overload. So we were going after one after another, scanning our own bags, going, going, going. And that taught them to listen, looking back on these old guys, they were completely overwhelmed because they were overrun by women. And we don't have time to form a line for men and women, where there's not enough men in your line anyway. So let's merge everybody and pass through security. I can tell that we were extracting them from their frame of reference that they were familiar with they didn't know what to do that is that is hilarious i mean 
God forbid that they should ever encounter more than 10 women who have like gone beyond being a, a thought controlled burka wearing zombie. Right. And it's like have all these educated spiritual family people from all over the world showing up and they're women. Look out, dude. And it's like, yeah, so this is this is endemic. You know, I was in Morocco and Tunisia for two years and lived on the island of La Palma for a year in the Canaries. And we found I found not as bad, you know, but it was still that sort of North African machismo every, everywhere you went in Morocco. But when you got to the Canary Islands, it was pretty chill. But oh, my God. And so the last question, though, that I haven't been able to figure out is when you were at the Sphinx. I've heard this from people that were friends with my mother. Uh, she used to know a guy named Kenny Kingston. Do you remember who Kenny Kingston was? Very wonderful psychic. Well, he and my mom were friends, and he went to the Sphinx back in the 60s. And he said when he stood between the paws, he could hear it whispering to him and speaking to him in the form of a very deep woman's voice coming from an utterance from the Sphinx. When you sat there, did you hear anything? Mm, yes. So oh. when I sat there, there were four different group consciousness who came through me. That means four different sets of frequencies that came one after another. And so I started to vibrate and my body was creating gentle circular movement over and over again. I was like in that circular movement. And at some point I was told, look up. I look up all the way to the face and I saw this, the, the eyes of the Sphinx opening, like become luminous. And I heard clearly as clear as a bell says, the guardian has reawakened. The guardian has returned. And I saw the eyes opening. And then they said, now close your physical eyes, open the etheric eye. So I did that. And then another holographic field opened and I went straight inside, right in the ground. And I look around and I see the archives and it's encoding in a certain way. And they oh said, yes, and they said, in time, now that the archives and the guardian has returned together, so to speak, and we have entered an era of consciousness once again, we have a window of time where the archives will be starting to be revealed. Not necessarily that it's going to rise from the ground. It's more in terms of a reflection of the archives that we carry within the new DNA template and even on a genetic level. And then it will be more revealed as we continuing consciously to evolve in spiritual maturity and, of course, higher form of intelligence aligned with the heart. These archives will be also becoming more available. And there will be those who will be assigned to these archives as either uh, record keeper, decoders, translator, uh, all of this, you know, that will be assigned but my role was to specifically bring four sets of different frequencies based coming in one after another. Peter, my husband, who you met, both of you met, was sitting next to me. He said he was holding kind of my wrist like this to support me. He said at one point as an energy that pushed him, he was not able to he was not able to touch me anymore. 
the frequency right, like a so like a magnetic or a, a gravitational push but also maybe some electricity there too what what do you do like that's a very in, intense uh experience and a couple of times i've come close to something like this but nothing is that involved for me, I would feel destabilized emotionally and probably pass out because that is a lot of information. What did you do to remain breathing and functioning functioning normally during this experience because it's so impactful and because of your ability to see as much as you see, Vivian, you must have really had some very sacred information stored within you also for maybe sharing later. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it comes to you and then you have to translate this information because it's indeed. a constant translation indeed i got really excited david never meant to interrupt you in a shape or form i got really excited for what you said right just right now because you coming to you bringing a fuller circle in terms of my purpose here is there will come a time where oh yes that secret information or encoding that I received that day, it's going to also help to reopen aspect of what we call the Arcturian spherical archives. And this is very sacred to us. You have to be an Arcturian being to access to it. Uh, even though you're channel and you are you have an affinity or an ancestry with us, no, you have to be Arcturian to access these archives. And they told me, because I when they come to the ship, I go to what's called a training room. Uh-huh. And then I have my Octarian father always with me. And I have two other very, very tall Octarian. And then I can see the room becomes just encoding of information that comes. And then they transfer and then there's this information exchange. So one of the things about what happened at the Sphinx with the archive now really being active, the Guardians is conscious. Something pivotal happened on at that when we were there. And because of these four set of frequencies coming from four distinct group consciousness, the transfer that was given to me, it's encoded in my codons. There's something about my DNA codons that will be in time releasing the next level of information that was given a long, 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 long time ago when Mars used to be a twin brother or sister to the Earth. And what happened is that that's another long story. But when the Mars project came to a completion, we brought aspect of these genetic encoding of information through an arc, a luminous arc that was sent to the Earth. But that arc can never be found because it doesn't exist in the same plane as you think. But in time, there will be aspect of that that will be also again reactivated and to what I hold in my codons and what happened in the Sphinx that a few months ago, that's going to come. And this is why I think of it as more as a sacred template. We reveal and my role will be to re-educate, to bring the next level of teaching. And eventually my ultimate goal once I want to open my own academy here on the planet. But I have to wait a long time to get here because we have to make sure that we are in that consistency and stability of consciousness and on the planet. Otherwise, well, let let me tell you, my friend, we are ready 
for your academy. And this is something that many of us are ready for. There will be other uh, mystery schools and schools of thought that will be revealed to all of humanity from the many ambassadors across the world. And one of the, one of the, and believe it or not, just uh, on my last podcast here on Star Chat, I was discussing the Ark, which the Ark ships that come down to preserve life. And it takes uh, huge swaths of forests and ferns and all the animals and the mushrooms and the soil, and they take them away for safe storage on bioengineered or uh, engineered planets that are storing life uh, to populate life to other planets. And the Earth is a great form of life, and the myriad life forms of our brothers and sisters are also uh, encoded. Now, when you receive the encoding, did they say anything about it being uh, something that would be released on its own? Or are you going to travel to some place to activate this encoding in order to recharge some of these energy fields and, and these energy areas? And then if I might also add on, when you were with the Sphinx in presence and the ancient spirits there, were you bringing in the connection from Stonehenge? And what was the reaction from the Stonehenge energy that you carried with you? To answer the first fold, which is a great question, David, is yes, there is a counterpart. Um, there was a twin set of frequencies released at the same time that as of the Sphinx was, was happening. So the next phase that the team will have to send me, hopefully in 2024, will be Uluru in Australia. So that's what I saw. And even when we were in, when I was in the Sphinx, inside of the paw, on the left-hand side, an aspect of me was in Uluru. And I even saw an old friend there, Clifford Mahudi from the Zuni Nation, who passed on a few years ago. He's one, he's working with the, the guardians and the sacred elders and all the generational of aboriginal tribes who have been uh, keeping safe. There's a very, very, very ancient uh, intergalactic portal there. And of course, we know it connects with the High Council of the Pleiadians. But I was there, so I was physically inside doing a transmission. Another aspect of me was in Uluru at the same time. And they showed me that was twin codes coming in, like in parallel. So the next phase will be to go to the next place to finish, to continuing what has been initiated this year. That is because also 2023 and 2024 are considered to, in our perspective, as binary years, because they're like binary systems or bi binary star systems. So a lot of those seeds or reactivation or movement was designed to either create a change here in this timeline, and many of them was designed to create future seeds, which we're going to attend to into 2024. And that is already opening the gateway on time, the gateway of time either onto 2025 and 2026, if I want to push it. But to answer that question, yes. So the guardians at Stone Edge, knowing that we were going, we were right in the same alignment of the sacred ley lines. It it strengthened. There was a strengthening of energy going on. I can feel like it's almost like um. I want to make it very very simple. Um, like your internet connection is very slow, and you're not able to communicate with your friend in Australia, let's say. And then we come and we boost your optical system, 
to the point that what was diminishing the feed now has been accelerated. So that the feed between you and your friend in Australia become like super fluid and it's strengthening that communication both ways, right? So right. receiver and transmitter are really super fast. So something similar took place where the transmission both ways got really amplified. And so the feed from one side to the next, even they are geogra geographically located in two different points on the planet, are being really being amplified with each other. So the transmission of encoding, it's really, you know, it's the speed of thought, but it's been, I can see that there was a strengthening of the network that took place to make it very simple. My little friend Toth has been sending me messages because Kim Jim's been very, very busy. And one of the messages was to stay in touch with all the ambassadors about traveling and sharing our experiences. What we have here, everybody, is a perfect example of the truth because Vivian is living this life. She's not talking about something that somebody else did. Vivian is living in this life and sharing her experience on a much broader level than many of the human beings who have been tasked with this great message and this great need to help us heal ourselves. And Vivian, I'd like you to talk just a little bit about the meditation series that you have commenced to. And I think you've just released number four. And it's been, as soon as I discovered you were doing this, I made a point to leave work at like 2.30 in the afternoon and be absolutely silent, except for Dr. Bombay, my cat. And I close the door of my study and I listen to your show. I go flat on my back and I start my, my own deep breathing because I do Qigong. And so I start to begin my cyclical breathing pattern, which I need for singing my Indian liturgy, which you've, I've treated you to once. And so when I get into my cyclical breathing, I put on your meditation. And within four to 10 minutes, never more than 10, I'm swept away immediately. So the vibration of your voice, the love and the spiritual energy of the Arcturans who want to heal us and are using you to help us. You take me off into space. And I very, very rarely astral project into outer space. But part of that was because of having to have a long study program for university. And that messed with my uh, circadian rhythm. And so by the third meditation that you released, my circadian rhythm is starting to adjust. And now I'm getting uh, six and a half to seven hours sleep, which is terrific because, you know, the bakery is very physically demanding and my garden and everything else that we do. So you've really changed the dynamics of my health and my spiritual well-being because now I can go right back up into space and watch and I can breathe just fine. I could see myself leaving the earth, but it's not the dark space that we see around our planet. It's this amazing colored space of magenta and lavender and silver bright stars and gold and red and gold clouds that sparkle. It's so beautiful, Vivian. And every meditation series you've released has taken me to this place. 
So I've been looking and looking and looking because, you know, with my astrophys background, I have quite a collection of photographs of deep stellar space. And so I finally found a region of space that looks very, very similar to the place that you take me. And so privately later, I'm going to send you a photograph and tell you the region of space. And then maybe you can call me next week and see if that makes sense because Oh my goodness, I go to the same place every time. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your 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 healing website and also a little bit about um, the name of your meditation series and what you hope to achieve with this? Absolutely. I'm just overjoyed to hear that, to hear how much good it brings you, David. And it's very much designed as a free tool that we offer every month to help everyone exactly where you are, whether you consider yourself an advanced being, a beginner, whatever label you put on yourself, it makes no difference. So very thrilled to hear that, David. We've been inspired to offer Mountain Meditation as free tool for humanity for a while now. Last year, we did what's called the, um, the Universal Law, the Universal Principle Meditation Series, where it's an invitation to dive and connect and meditate with the consciousness, the principle, the virtue of each universal law. Then after that, we started a few months ago, what's called the Rays of Creation series. Um, the Rays of Creation, again, is an opportunity to take you to where you need to be, like for you, David. Uh, you do your practice, it resets your body, it resets certain part of biological program due to university and all of those things like that and take you out of body to a place where you know this is your point of connection the rays of creation are truly think of them as cosmic intelligence are part of the creation in a form of rays and each ray has very specific encoding virtues energies and it will speak to you in a different way like the fourth ray which just did um, not too long ago, I would say a few weeks ago. It's already on my YouTube channel. It's for free. You can watch anytime, day and night. Uh, the fourth ray was about the restoration, the whole. It's about restoring duality back into a place of unification. So very super helpful to go through. It's a very practical life situation, spiritual practice, going out of body. And then we're going to be doing continuing one ray per month and that's in addition to the other monthly meditation i offer like in next week we're going to be doing the winter solstice meditation and that we're going to be wrapping up the year together this way and start fresh again in january so the rays um all of the meditations replays are on my youtube channel my full name vivian chauvet galactic healer that's a label I put because I feel it, it felt good to me. So I use those words, galactic healer. And it's it's just an umbrella. It's an energetic umbrella. But you can find me on YouTube that way. Um, and we have an entire section dedicated just for meditation. And as I said, you can watch them day or night, regardless of your time zone on the planet. It's available. It is such a, a sweet and gentle gift. And you are a sweet, gentle spirit. And I admire the great mother within you. Mm. The wonderful wife that you are to Peter. He's such a dear guy. And I'm sorry about his little uh, 
mishap in the tool shed with the tool, power tool. I'm sure that you have been really, really busy. And I am so, so deeply honored that you can come to Star Chat and share with Lowell's community, indeed the Star Chat community, and all the people who've come for a little clarity, a little love, maybe some evolutionary thoughts, and a chance to take a brief repose from the daily things that we see all around us. And what we want to do is impress upon everybody that there are many, many wonderful people who are working for Source, who are working for their angelic guides, who are working for the many myriad of star families who come through us and speak to us about doing these works and to be selfless and to be helpful and to heal. Well, I've always said, I'm not a healer. I'm more of a translator. And I suppose that's true because I am a bit of a scientist or a mathematician, but the experience is no less heartfelt. And my experience, and indeed you, dear listener, your experience is no less heartfelt than anyone's. And we've admired ourselves in the face of this beautiful information that we receive. And now it's time to turn that around just like a bright beacon and share that beautiful information and the knowledge that we received together. I hope very much that Lowell's community and Vivian's community can come together and then we may reach out together and, and take each other's hands and to share the love of community and the love of healing to one another and stay friends forever within this arena and the scope of recognition. Our friends from above love us very dearly. And Vivian Chauvet is a component and a crucial part of this expression of love from the universe. Everything will be well. Remember to keep hope within your heart and to keep charity and kindness at all moments within your thoughts. All of the things that we see that we are not too sure about are diminishing and going away. And 24, 25, and 26 are going to be bless-filled and blissful years of change for all of us. Vivian, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And I know Lowell would like to pop on and, and say adieu for now. And anytime you want to come and join us, I can tell you right now, we love you. And the Taurus Cloud ambassadors love you. And so do the Galactic Council of Scientists, Taurus. They think very highly of you and have been asking me over and over again to get you on air so that we can share in the joy of your knowledge. God bless you, Vivian. You're just so wonderful. Lowell, would you like to finish our podcast today and say adieu? That's all I want to say, because I don't want to interrupt the field that Vivian left behind. I hope people, it was a treat for me to hear her again. And for people who are getting attracted to this tribe, you need to understand people like Vivian, who she is. When we talk about galactic help, here's a, P, a person that's that incarnated here to do that very thing. So thanks, Vivian. Um, we'll be talking again soon, honey. What a what a wonderful thing to say, Lowell. Thank you. Vivian, you are a very dear soul, and we love you very much. And I'm just so blessed to be anywhere near you or hear from you at all. You're just one of my favorite humans. Vivian, would you like to say goodnight? Oh, of course. We love you dearly, both of you. Lowell, thank you so much for 
allowing this introduction to your beautiful community. So many amazing people. David, you know our door is always open day and night, above and beyond, beyond cell phones and Zoom and 3D technology. We are just a thought form away, literally a thought form. And so there's such a beautiful collaboration and partnership with the Taurus delegations, our delegation from the realm of Arcturus, and so many other star regency council and beyond. The Earth is part of a very intelligent, expensive, luminous community, more than it seems on a day-to-day. -day. And remember one thing, nothing is mundane anymore. So we have to shift even on the linguistic level, how we put labels, let's release ourselves from these 3D labels. Nothing is mundane anymore, exactly. Everything is an invitation. Everything become a moment in time, a kindness, a spark of light, a ray of hope, a ray of restoration. All of it, it's accessible to you right here, right now. Why? It's because of who you are, literally. So we will be honored to be back as always. Thank you for allowing us to share some aspect of our wisdom. I know there will be more. And it's always a privilege. Well, thank you very much. Much love to you. Thank you very much.